feel the excitement? Can you feel the anticipation of another Talky Feelings podcast about to begin? I certainly can. Hey, gang, welcome. Uh, welcome to another episode of Terribly Funny. It's me, your buddy, your deep-voiced, uh, sultry host, Steve Bazalone. Uh, and this, of course, is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. What a novel idea. But we've done like 75 of these at this point. I don't need to like really harp on what the premise is. So let's cut to the shit. And the shit is our today's guest, because we got a humdinger of a guest. Uh, the lovely, talented singer, songwriter, actress, comedian, Haley Arantia. Do you know Haley? Well, you should, because she plays Erica Goldberg on the Situation Comedy, The Goldbergs. She's also a very talented singer and songwriter, and that's her first love. And then she just kind of stumbled into acting and immediately be, was proved to be better than most people. So she's wildly talented. And in the last six years that I've worked with her and known her, uh, boy, I have just really seen her uh, uh, grow so much as a person, as a comedian, as an actress. Uh, I can't say enough things about her. And today, ooh... She is going to tell us a real doozy of a story, uh, mostly about what it's like to be conned by someone you love. Ow, that is a real, a real punch in the face and a kick in the dick, because, man, someone you love just fucking with you. Anyways, it's a doozy of a story. We're going to get to that in a second. Talk about a cliffhanger. But before we do, do all the stuff that you don't care about, but I'm going to do anyways. Hey. Do you like this podcast? I hope you do. It's a it's a talking podcast about feelings and earnestness and a couple of laughs. We can use we can all use more of that, right? Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your moms, tell your dads. Also, go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We love that shit. Subscribe. We love subscriptions. Also, check us out on Twitter. It's terribly underscore funny. Check us out on Instagram. You can see pictures of my very attractive guests and my dog. Bonus, that's terribly funny podcast. Also, if you want to be like, hey, Steve, uh, I like this episode. Or, hey, Steve, you're a real shitbag, and I want you to not have a nice day. Either way, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. It's terribly funny podcast at Gmail. That stuff is done now. Now let's get to the fun stuff, and believe me, it is a hell of a story, and it's fascinating, and she's great. Haley Arantia, here we come. Theme music, please. And we pulled each other into the deep end, but there is only one of you. I mean, the one I have go-to, I can't necessarily uh, talk fully about. That's fine. We can, uh, we can mix and match. Okay. So that's actually what my EP is about. Oh yeah. I mean, I think you probably heard things on set about the crazy ex. We talked. We talked a little bit about yes. it. Cause I remember at one point you were wearing uh, a necklace, I believe. Yeah. It was what, didn't you have like a necklace or something? You had something that said like strength or something. Oh something. Yes. It was or a key. It was yes, a lock. It was a key. It was a thing, and like we just talked about it a little bit, and I think it was you were going through it, and you had like this kind of very, uh, I will say like. Yeah, this like kind of zombie, like I have gone through a trauma look in your yeah. eye. Like this is helping. I'm clinging on to yeah, this right like, now. This like is all I will I have. be okay eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, so ultimately I had dated somebody that mm -hmm. I, yeah, I actually met him on the Sony lot. There you go. The Happy Madison allowed a group of Semper Fi Fund, kind of okay. like Wounded Warriors. Sure, sure. To come walk around the lot and they stopped by the Goldberg set. Mm -hmm. So his right arm was paralyzed from the elbow down. Okay. Right. From from combat. From yes. Yes. Well, and, we don't want to. Uh, yep. Sure. Yep. And um, and so we ended. He messaged me, and then like I didn't see it for four months, and then we kind of started talking, and mm -hmm. realized we had a lot in common, and ultimately dated for like a year long distance. That's nuts. He met everyone, everyone that I worked with, and yeah. and was friends I, with. I think I met him on set once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Like people loved him because he was very charismatic mm -hmm. and very kind and like, and like attentive. He seemed like soft-spoken, but like, you know, it had like a very easy smile. It just seemed yeah. like, it seems like a nice kid. Right. Like, yeah. and he's this Southern gentleman that, um, he was Texas too, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was like, there was just something like, there was something about him that people just loved him. He was also, when it was time to like hang and nightlife, like mm -hmm. he was the life of the party. Oh, like, that's fun. Super fun guy. That's like an intoxicating thing. Like somebody who can like do this quiet moments yeah, like and also own the room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, really loved that guy. Sure. And then after a year of us dating, it was in between one of the seasons, I guess after season four. Sure. Yeah. That sounds right. Like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I was like, hey, I'm going back to Nashville to stay at my place for the whole summer. Why don't you mm -hmm. come stay with me? Yeah. And you what can a dream work summer. on this. Yeah. You yeah. can work on this nonprofit you want to work on for veterans because... Mm -hmm that's what he talked about all the time and he didn't have a job that he necessarily couldn't like get back or do something after right. when the summer was over 
Um, and that way we could spend time together longer than like a few days at a time yeah. and feel out whether this was our thing. Yeah, because like you do long distance, like it's it is very uh, it's it's very fun and it's yeah. very like uh, um, frenetic because like you have this time together, so it's like hot and heavy and right. you look forward to it, but then you don't know if, can you sustain it because right. you're not living in the same space. And for the most part, like there was nothing weird about when we were long distance. There were a couple times that he like never like he would disappear for like 24 hours and I couldn't get a hold of him. Right. And I'm like, hey, dude, that's totally fine. But um, when we're doing long distance and I don't know, like, any of... I didn't really know his friends right. or his roommate out there as well as, like, if something had happened to him, I don't think he necessarily would have reached out to me to right. be like, hey, like, something happened. Just give me a heads up. Yeah. Can, I don't have to hear from you every single day, but let yeah, me know what's going on. Exactly. If I Should I worry? Yeah. So that was, like, something that really bothered me, but I just kind of shrugged off. Sure. Because, um, like, otherwise, like, this is fun. Yeah. And this is romantic. Yeah. Right. And... and I also couldn't get a guy to drive down from the valley to take me on a date uh -huh. on the west side, much less have a guy from Texas fly across the country to take me on a date. So it was like when he yeah. did that, it was like, oh. That's a swoon. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. So anyway, we moved in together at my place uh, for like four or five months and we had a great summer. It was like a picture perfect summer mm -hmm. where like we're living together. We had my friend, every, all of my friends in Nashville are married. So like we'd have our friends over well, it's and just like the, host it feels like dinner the, parties. The Bible Belt way. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And so it was just that typical yeah. like, oh, y'all come over and like we'll make you dinner and we'll play game night. Yeah. It was every night. It was something like that the whole summer. And um, I started having like little things here and there that I would question mm -hmm. about him and things that like he would tell me about why he didn't have a driver's license or why right. that I was just like trying to ask all the right questions. I knew I was asking all the right questions, sure. but because some of the subjects I didn't really know much about, right. it was easy for him to go like, oh, I have to do this, this and that. And that's why. And I'd go, right. oh, okay. Like, why would you lie to me? Yeah. Right? I think like that's the, the confounding thing. Anytime I've had something that feels like weird, I'm just like, well, this is someone, especially when it's someone you love. Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course I'm taking you at face value. Why wouldn't I? Why? Yeah. Like yeah. what reason would this person have to make up something so dumb like this or that? Right. Sure. So I had my questions, but it was not enough for me to really think of anything. And then halfway into us living together, we actually had a trip planned to go kind of travel around the country, not much, but just like a trip to Chicago mm -hmm. or like to go visit my grandparents That's and like nice. all these different things. Yeah. And um, when we landed in Chicago, I got a call from my bank that was like, hey, you have fraudulent charges on your bank account. Sure. Which I was livid about because I just was like, where would this have happened to me? Like I have my cards on me. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's also one of those things. Even though, like, I uh, uh, am well beyond the years where I was like broke and worried about stuff. Yeah, which is great. Mm. But like, still, anytime I get any sort of email from my bank or a call from them, I just immediately just like Pavlovian and just like get this panic, like, oh no, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> or just like, what? How did was I? How did this? Conned? Exactly. Yeah. And mm. like, where did this? I guess I wanted to, the answers of like, who is this person? Yep. Where did this happen? So I can avoid it happening again. And I got so pissed off because the charges this person was listing off were getting into the thousands. Oh, shit. And I'm just in panic mode because yeah. I'm like, who is this? What, why? And they're spending things like trips to Peru. What? And like, yeah. Holy fuck. So I'm like... Why did it take so long to... That's my question. Right? But I think it's because if you... I mean, some of the charges were things that I have paid for. I right. mean, Peru, not at all, but right. like Uber and Postmates. Right. Those and don't stand out. Right. But yeah. there were a lot of them in a row, right. which my bank has been so good about stuff like that. At one time I like lost my card at a nightclub, mm -hmm. right? It fell on the floor and sure. I'm like, okay, it's really late at night. I'm going to leave. Chances are the person's going to try to swipe something in the morning. Like I will call them in the morning and cancel yeah. my card or call the club and see if they found it or something. In the next four hours, my bank called me and said there was a charge at a parking garage and a charge at like a Beverly Hills sandwich place. Isn't that nuts how they figured that out? Yeah. And I'm like, I easily would pay yeah. for that. So like why, how, so they caught that, yeah. which was like $45 yep. and this is like nine grand. That's nuts. And it was weird that it, it took so long, but, um, anyways, they found it and my gut feeling for whatever reason was did this person I'm dating, like, cause some of these charges, they're like, no, this is your card, your mm -hmm. chip. It cannot be duplicated. And you have it. So, you know, it's right. Unless I'm they for a minute, they were thinking I was like 
doing it myself, like trying to claim fraud. Right, right, right. And, and that's a shitty feeling. Well, yeah, but yeah. come to find out that that's actually what my ex was very good at, apparently. Jesus but Christ. But meanwhile, I, my gut reaction was the only person that has access to my card on a daily basis like this is the person I'm living with. Mm -hmm. And I, but I can't fathom that this person that I've spent all this time with and everyone knows is like a good human being. Yeah. He's working on like a nonprofit, a nonprofit for veterans, veterans, man. What the fuck? I'm like, That's what a do saint. You mean? So I pushed that down sure. so far. Because you want to be wrong. Yeah, because I'm like, there's there's no way. Like there's just no way. And I also am on a trip with this person. I don't have any way Oof. to really And that's like I wanna have a nice trip. For the next two weeks. Oh, and I God. like we were traveling around and I'm like, okay, at least let's just get through this and like I will deal with that later, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because we were going to see my grandparents. So the whole time I'm with my grandparents, I'm with my mom and dad and them too. And my mom is like an FBI investigator. Oh, like really? she she deserves to work for the FBI. Uh -huh, uh -huh. She's a creep in a, in the best way possible. Yeah, like of course. she will find out anything about anyone. Yeah, a good mom can like sniff most shit out yeah. somehow. So she st starts this Excel spreadsheet of every charge, every company, every date, every time, whatever it is. And she's doing all this shit without your dude knowing about it. Well, no, he actually does know oh, about fuck. it. Oh, fuck. Because at the time, we didn't... Yeah. We just could not fathom that this person would be that person. Yeah. Not to mention, he was also claiming that the same day I got called about my fraud charges, he got called from his bank. So we must have been hit at the same time. I mean, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. That's, kind of. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so that takes the heat off you, mm -hmm, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So... We, my mom and I start investigating. We start talking to this woman at my bank who helps me with fraud and like all this stuff. And the truth is that I did not know banks are not going to investigate and really make any arrests unless it's 15 grand or more. Really? Like there's a chance that if you have like an obvious thing, like for the most part, bank is the bank is going to just pay you back right. and they're just going to do whatever they need to do through insurance and like yeah. whatever. Because it doesn't, it's not worth the manpower and the time and the hours and they were insurance for all that right. shit. Yeah. But my mom and I are justice people. And so we're like, we're going to find this person. Yeah, we're going to put them away. Like yeah. we're going to, they're going to pay for what's happening. So we are very vocal about this whole thing. And I, I'm pretty sure he was starting to tell that like, it was coming down to the wire and he was going to get caught. Um, but he kept projecting that like, no, this per Haley, you just need to be okay with the fact that this person's probably never going to get caught. Like this happens all the time. The banks just kind of don't really care. Wow. And I'm like, mm, I care and it's going to happen. And he, yeah, he really did, did underestimated you, me. It, was there a point in time, like at this point where you were still like, I'm going to find this motherfucker or were you like starting to see where you're getting that gut sensation again? Like the spider sense is tingling, like something's wrong. There you know what's crazy mm -hmm. is there were not enough signs that made it like overtly like this is right. him. But I feel like, I mean, if I had paid enough attention, but I feel like I, I mean, that's the thing is if anyone was in my shoes, I don't know if they would have seen it or not. And also right? you like, if you play Monday morning quarterback, you'd be like, oh, of course I see all the, I see all yes. the clues now. Well, now looking yeah. back, it's yeah. like so obvious, but in the, in the moment, you have no idea because you're like, I live with this person. I see what they do every day. But the truth is when your back is turned for five seconds, you have no idea what somebody's doing. Not and that's what's kind of terrifying about people in general to me now. What's well, the terrifying thing about just be open yourself up to like, especially like romantically. It's right. like, I think you're cool. I right. think you're good. I think you're not going to break my heart and, and Steal face. from yeah. me. Yeah. It's like that was, it was just unbelievable. So I, um... I started investigating. I had this whole thing going with my, my bank. I had then had to move back to LA. I actually moved into this apartment mm -hmm. and, um, I was still figuring it out and everything, but he had gone back to Texas to, for like a month and we didn't have plans to see each other again yet, which we normally like right. had flight plans, but we just hadn't settled on anything, but I wasn't worried. I was like, Oh, we'll plan it on the phone next week. Sure. So I drop him off at the airport, kiss him goodbye. Five minutes later, get a call from my bank. That's like, We've thought about it, and we are pretty sure this is your boyfriend that you said lives with you. Just because if this has to be your card, and right. unless you're the person that's claiming fraud charges and, like, trying mm -hmm. to screw over the bank, like, it has to be him. So I break down because there's just no denying it. Like, I cannot. Yeah. I mean, because they 
they're not point, they're not in the business of really pointing fingers, no. especially if they're just insured for it. Like, fuck yeah, it. they don't really yeah. care. But I kind of developed a friendship with this girl on the in the bank thing. So I'm like, yo, there's a chance this is my boyfriend, and I don't want to believe that. And uh -huh. so she just was she was incredible. So I come home and I. I'm just beside myself. I wait till he lands. I FaceTime him. He says he was only, he finally admitted after a day of me like bugging him about it, that he took two ATM withdrawals out. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to believe that you took out that money mm -hmm. to pay for some bill you couldn't afford and you didn't tell me, but then this $8,000 left un, over yeah. is not you. Well, when would he have done that? Would he have just... So when we were living together, mm -hmm. this is where I carry my fault is we were living together. He obviously didn't have a job. He had money saved up so he would pay for stuff. It sure. wasn't, but I also wasn't asking for him to pay rent or anything. Mm -hmm. And when it came to buying groceries, cause again, we were hosting dinner parties yeah, for all our friends. I'm, I would take my card. Well, I would let him take my card to the grocery store right, of course. to pay for the food, which is, I was going to marry this person, so no, I was not worried about... That seems totally reasonable. I've done that shit all the time. I've had, like, my card in, like, people's, like, here, use this for Postmates or right. whatever the fuck. Yeah, so... In their phone, yeah. That ended up being a whole uh, thing where I guess he plugged it into his computer and, like, saved... So that way he wouldn't have to go back to my purse for the information uh -huh. and was buying stuff online, which is a whole thing. Oof. But, um... So... I finally like fly to Texas on one of our hiatus weeks because we've started filming season five mm -hmm. and I was just, I honestly, all of season five, I feel like my acting was probably crap because I was not mentally. It's amazing how like something like that is just like so draining on your psyche. Yeah. It just like everything feels like you're, you're like veins feel like hollowed out kind of. It <laughs> yeah. feels like you are, I don't know. It feels like I've never done it, but like it feels like you're detoxing like coming off a drug or something yeah. so they just feel like everything just feels exhausted oh my god it was it was horrible yeah. and there's one scene specifically that i watched and i'm shocked at how it was edited or whatever to where you didn't show me breaking down but there was a scene that we were filming that i straight up broke down and i'm like i need a minute and was like okay and when he <laughs> followed me out she's like whatever you need because they like knew what was happening yeah. so there it's just funny how like in that you can't even really tell but um, so anyway, I fly back to Texas on our hiatus week with my mom and we start going through every charge and calling every company and being like, can you give me a name or an address? Mm -hmm. Cause I just need to confirm that all this other stuff is him. Right. And then it's set in stone. So finally get back. The Peru thing was this, uh, some girl went to Peru on my, on my dime. Like what? she had a plane ticket for herself as well as a train ticket to Machu Picchu. And then I ran a background check on her and my ex, and it turns out that they lived in the same apartment complex back in 2014, Ugh. and that was all I needed. But then at that point, other companies had started messaging me saying, oh, it's his name and your address in Nashville that things were being sent to. So it was like... That's nuts. So that was how I had proof. Yeah. And at that point, I went straight to the police and I started pressing charges. Yeah. But actually, before I did that, I got on FaceTime. I recorded my phone call with him, which... In the state of Texas was legal and he actually knew he was being recorded. Oh, wow. And I got him to admit to all of it. Holy fuck. Um, Just by like asking point blank? Well, it took about an hour of interrogation and some serious curse words uh -huh. for him to like finally go, yeah. And he said something like, I have a problem where I feel like I have to take care of other people. And it didn't make sense at the time because I didn't know what these charges were. Right. Come to find out that he, I guess, likes to take or, or not even take money, but to have money and to give it away. And when I learned a little bit about, you know, people make money uh, being wounded veterans. That's a whole thing, huh? And Jesus Christ. you get benefits from the government if you're wounded. So it's interesting. But how do you prove that? Doesn't, don't you have to show, like, doesn't a doctor be like, yeah, there's nerve damage. I there is feel like, and yeah, I will. All I can say is I've talked to some of his exes now mm -hmm. that have, I remember stories being like, this person was 
a liar and did this to me and that to me, which I now learn it's the complete opposite story. And right. they have their own restraining orders and their right. own situations that are like, no, he's just really good at lying even to doctors. Jesus. Which that's their opinion. I, again, cannot say that like he was lying yes. and it was, but at the same time, you know, you come to whatever conclusion you want to come God. to on that note. <laughs> I mean, that is such a long con. <laughs> well, it rem the minute I heard that, I thought back on the movies like Primal Fear and Usual mm -hmm. Suspect at sure. the end where you're like, what? Yeah. Like it got to. Yeah, that but that doesn't level? happen in your life. No, that happens in movies. Yeah, man, it's Edward Norton and Kevin Spacey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to find out, not only for myself, like it was the psychological damage I suffered of like, how could you be so dumb to not know this was happening right in front of you? Right. But then it was talking to all my friends and family, and then being like. We had no idea either. Yeah. Because I lean on my friends and family to be, and I've said this to friends since this breakup, where I'm like, if I'm dating someone and you don't like them or you get a bad vibe, yeah. it is your responsibility to tell me. I hate That's a like, great carte blanche to give friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've even had, you know, a friend of mine that was like found the ring before she was about mm -hmm. to get proposed to and wanted me to be like, oh my God. And my gut reaction was, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Because that's how sure. I am. Like, I would rather somebody be honest and go, are you sure? And like, you can be mad at me for 10 days and then you're going to yeah. be fine. But and like, also like, if you tell me like you're hundred percent sure, then like, all right, I'll support you. Yes. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. But it's in this case, it's like no one, no one else saw the things that they needed to be seen because right. he was that professional of a con man. Right? Yeah. I mean, clearly, like, I, I mean, Grant, I met him in just, you know, minutes passing. But, mm. like, I also, I think that is something to, uh, like, psychologically, it's interesting when you put yourself in the position of, like, a vulnerability mm. or, like, also an enviable, like, a kind of um, idolized position, like somebody who has served the country. Yep. And someone who is, you know, subsequently been injured for that. You're yep. like, you don't ask questions. You're like, this guy is the, this is, right. this guy, this woman is like, they can do no wrong. They've, they automatic respect. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like automatically, I think if you are a, hopefully you're not like too beat up by the world, you trust most people right. in general. Yep. But then that on top of it, it's like, yep. Mm -hmm. I see you and uh, you're, you're better than me. Yeah. I respect everything you're doing. And that's what was so wild about it too is knowing that, I mean, this person took on a career and a lifestyle that kind of, you know, that you're going to get that automatic respect. Right. Yeah. And by having such a, a, an obvious physical injury, like your right hand being paralyzed and having to shake everyone's hand with your left automatically people are like, Oh, I wonder why that is. Oh, he's a wounded veteran. Yeah. Oh my God. Well then, right. Yeah, you automatically have that thought. And so it's really unfortunately changed how I view military and veterans. Right, right. And it sucks because I grew up from the South, yeah. right? You especially There's such a strong culture. In the yes. South, where yeah. you're like, you just went to serve your country. Mm -hmm. You like the highest yeah. respect. And so now looking at it from the other side where a lot of people can join the military and it's because they know that they're going to be getting really great benefits mm -hmm. and they're going to be helping their family. There's a lot of women who will marry men knowing that they're going to get good benefits. Right. It's, it's just a reality of, it's not everyone, obviously. No, of course not. But it's definitely in there and I know that now. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, I think it's just beyond uh, your feelings on the military at all, it's just like a good reminder of like, everything is nuanced. Right. Nobody is just, it's not black and white. Nobody is good mm -hmm. or bad. Yep. And I'm sure this guy, he seems like a fucking, <laughs> so, a little sociopathic turd, yeah, uh -huh. but I'm sure there's also good qualities, right? Right. There's, he's probably not intrinsically like an evil person. He's just mm -hmm. psychologically damaged in some capacity. Well, and that's why looking back, I really struggled with wanting to talk about it publicly because I went and I did what I felt like I needed to do. I pressed charges. Mm -hmm. He has a felony. He's going to have to have four years deferred probation wow. and pay me off for well, everything he stole. So it affects his whole life, what he did to me already. Yeah. And so I really struggled with, do I want to dig in that knife anymore? Yeah. But I wanted this EP and everything to be more of a, like a conversation starter about mental health, mm -hmm. about being aware of the people that you bring into your inner circle, yeah. being aware of your surroundings, feeling okay asking questions. And maybe instead of just like, you know, everyone's going to have questions about somebody, especially if you're already a naturally kind of cautious person when it comes to relationships and sure. friendships and people, trust. But maybe ask yourself, like, if I'm asking a lot of questions, that that's already a problem. That's a red flag, yeah. 
that's not that's something I had to learn because I'm a very trusting person from the get-go. Well, I do think there is a I think if you're like a trusting person and you're like maybe a, if you're a romantic person and you find somebody and you want to see like you see all the good. Right. There's like um there's this show that I'm a big fan of uh on Netflix called Bojack Horseman. Yes. It's great. <laughs> but there's a quote in it in like I think the second season mm -hmm. where a woman that she's dating says like that's the problem with looking at somebody through rose-colored glasses. All the red flags just look like flags. Oh, wow. And it's just like, you can see those things, but if you're still looking at it with like affection and love and like the things that should set off the warnings, right. but you're like, you know what? Everybody's got their stuff. Right. I'm looking at the best in you. Yes. I'm looking at the way you make me feel and I'll excuse all the other shit. So that's another thing that I, I end up wanting to talk about when it comes to like doing this EP and I plan on doing a tour at colleges mm -hmm. and sororities specifically That's fun. to kind of not have to necessarily tell the entire story, but discuss that as well as playing some of the songs. And I want to have a psychologist from each school there to kind of talk about not only your own like grieving process, because yeah. that's what my EP was. It's the stages of grief. Yeah. Um, but talking about being aware of your surroundings and the people you bring in. And even if it's not as crazy as like having a sociopath in your life. No, but just like, be careful. Yeah. And like having people around you that maybe you just shouldn't be spending your time with, or they're sucking the life out of you as my therapist would call an emotional vampire. Yeah, of it's course. like, so I, I just want to continue to have that conversation because I've always been a big advocate for like my generation of women. I mm -hmm. do not like how my generation handles most things. Yeah. And just because I, I'm typically more of a modest person than I think a lot of, of the females in my generation are, sure. whether it be the, the things they sing or talk about, like artists and the things they express through media, social media especially, yeah. that I just, I get frustrated. I, I understand in a way, but I get frustrated because I'm like, that is not the only way that's right. not the only way you have to be yeah and so because it's already your every girl is so clouded by comparisons and things and social media and getting you know there's also the girl thing of oh look i gotta check his phone and and, and i'm not even saying that that's the answer because i never checked his phone and nor will i do that in any future relationship well i think there's just a baseline of trust and that's it and that's the thing is i mean i i think that is uh, 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 uh applause to you for like having gone through this and still feeling the conviction to be like that's not who i want to be yeah i if i'm going to trust somebody i need, need to trust them mm -hmm. and i have to do the work to get back to that place but right. i can't just let one fucking garbage experience mm -hmm. just have a ripple effect that ruins me that makes my life harder yeah it's it's been tough because i've noticed that there's been a few people that i've questioned even ones that I knew way before this ever happened mm -hmm. that like I'll find little th like triggers of things that maybe my ex did or said that that I questioned that a friend will casually say and I'm like whoa whoa, whoa. right what does that mean so it it happens where naturally I'm gonna have these things but then I have to force myself like you know going on a date with someone and I went on a date with this guy that I've been seeing and I came home and I couldn't immediately find my debit card in my purse Oof. That's going to be such like a Pavlovian trigger, right? It was in my yeah. purse. Yeah. But like, but sure. my immediate thought was, he took my money. Yeah. And like, that sucks that that's yeah. my go-to That's the reaction? For people that, even for people that I know that we work with that I'm friends with, that I've had moments where I'm like, are they screwing me over? Yeah, And man. I'm like, why? I hate that this person did that. Yeah. But it's going to be... That totally makes sense. And yeah. that, in theory, will, you know, lessen over time. But yeah. that's... I, I have to say, like, for dealing with that, like at a young level and also to such like a nefarious degree, like you seem pretty healthy about it. I feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's because I've done my own therapy in so many different ways right. because not one was enough. Like right. writing songs, not enough. No. Um, I did. That's like very cathartic, but sometimes you just need to have like a, another yes. person talking to you, like give you the tough love or mm -hmm. the perspective that you just can't see. Exactly. Yeah. So I've had therapy in the form of music, talking to a stranger on a train, mm -hmm. um, an actual therapist, yep. friends, family. Uh, I even did my first time ever. I tried stand up. I did a whole stand up oh, wow, on, that's the, rad. on the funny aspects of yeah. this situation. Yeah. Cause there are a lot of funny things about it. Um, so I've done a like spectrum of healing yeah. for this because there's really no right way to do it. 
No, and there's no, there's no, every person is different. Like some things are going to feel like very cathartic and healing for some. Yeah. Like sometimes it is just friends and family. Yeah. Some people, it's just like, I need to go like a sick dog and sit by myself <laughs> and I will heal. And other people like, I need to be in therapy all the time. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it was like, I have to just tell everyone. Like yeah. that's really what it was. I have to tell this story in yeah. every angle possible because I'm still... I will forever be analyzing and nitpicking this because there's so many questions that I'm never going to have answers to. And that's even one of the songs on, on the EP. It's called missing pieces where I'm like, it's the one for acceptance where I'm just like, I have to be okay knowing that I'm not going to have these answers. And it's never going to fully make sense. But subconsciously, even me and my mom, especially my mom's actually taking this a lot harder than I am. I'm sure because I, I mean, I, you know, I've never been a parent, but I can imagine the level of protectiveness feel over them yeah. and then when somebody violates that and also she knew him so and she also it. feels violated mm-hmm. yeah and she does like knowing that there was nothing you could do or maybe there were times that she like defended him for certain things yeah. because she truly loved him too yeah but it's because he showed us what he wanted to it's kind of like we've been watching a lot of tv shows about this like mm-hmm. every everyone i know was telling me have you seen dirty john oh sure because dirty john is pretty much my story except no one dies in the end yeah let's keep it that way yeah yeah uh yeah so that's what was so hard for like us is we're watching this or the show you right which is more Mm -hmm. of a scripted show and i've just been involved in all these even down to watching all these fire festival documentaries Uh just where like a sociopath is just like billy mcfarland is my ex with more money and a higher education yeah. Like, and, and he, and he doesn't, he says all his limbs work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where I just watch it and I go, this person is so charismatic and so confident and seems kind, but then you're mm-hmm. like, and getting, that's why that one struck a chord with me was because you're watching the videos of him interacting versus mm-hmm. like dirty John. It's a scripted up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like watching this person and then it cuts away to like, oh, he's been doing this his whole life. And there's 80 different investors who's $26 million in debt. And like, it's nuts that you can have that level of confidence and, uh, narcissism to like, I can just sell anything to anybody. Cause mm-hmm. that is a fucking skill. That's the thing like about people like that, that amazes me. Yeah. That like, there was a, a this woman, an actress that I know, her name is Ginger. She came on this podcast and she told a story about like a similar thing, a mm-hmm. guy that she was dating who ended up like conning her out of a ton of money and had like a, a wife and all sorts of shit what? but he conned his way into uh like a writing job like he 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 said he worked for like south park and they ended up uh, ended up on mad tv like he the con worked and then he just instead of just actually like accepting that he's there and like trying to get good at it he just kept, kept going on. he couldn't stop as opposed to like if you get yourself in a good position just fucking take the good position yeah. but it's like this weird thing that you have to like that's probably part of the high it's like gambling right like i just i want to feel that Mm -hmm. and you can't stop and that's exactly what it is because looking back at it i'm like i gave this person a roof over their head Mm -hmm. a very nice roof yeah food friends i gave him an opportunity to spend five months dedicated completely to a nonprofit, and constantly was like why is this not taking off quickly because I gave him people in the industry that were interested, who I told the story of what he was trying to do with this this um, nonprofit to them. And they're like, well, have him call me. I would happily invest, That's, do whatever I can. Yes. I'm like, bro, you have it set up I, for you. you. We're doing great. Just be like, and isn't that also like a fascinating thing? Like, it's a, it's a bunch of money that he took, but like, mm-hmm. also, this is someone you loved. If he right. would have been like, hey. I need some money. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's this like such deep level betrayal yeah. and there's anger and there's resentment but how much of it like because you were talking about like you know your album and the stages mm-hmm. of grief like my therapist uh, recently said something that i was like oh i never considered that she's like uh uh you know grief is not linear yep and that like you will you know deny it and then you'll bargain and you'll get to the anger and that's very uncomfortable like right. you don't want to sit there right because that feels bad so then you leap back and it's like this constant kind of cycle until you can sit in that discomfort long enough to get to the acceptance right but i wonder like you know how much of that is like when you're going through this and you're pressing charges and like a lot of that's like fuck you you took advantage of me Mm -hmm. but another part is like god damn it i love you and i still feel bad about doing this yeah was it like both sides of it i still have that all the time i've gone i know i've gone through every phase but i mostly go back to anger yeah I was in depression for a while right. la- this last year. And that's when I ended up kind of s- 
starting this whole EP thing, I wrote in my room this song called Okay that mm -hmm. like, it was, I, I couldn't explain it because I didn't really know I was in depression, like experiencing depression the way that I was until I'm out of it. Mm -hmm. Like I was living in Nashville and I didn't have anything I had to be doing, right? right? Versus working on the show. Like, yeah. You, you get it. 5.30 in the morning, yeah. right? So I would just lay in bed forever and try to keep sleeping. Because oh, yeah. I was just sleeping, sleeping, sleeping all the time. And my friend who, bless her soul, she gets up at 5 a.m. every day, goes mm -hmm. to, yo like, to yoga. She would get to my house two, two times every day. She would come over. She'd like, get up. We're going to brunch. Wow. And then she would have to go do her thing and go work. And then we'd hang out again at night. And like, I mean, that's honestly the only way I got out of bed. But it was wow. just, it's, and I didn't even realize how bad it was and how heavy it was until it was later right and it was because well, when you're busy and you have structure yes. that's like okay well there's things i have to do yeah. but that goes away and then you're just like i'm drowning <laughs> yes yeah it was weird it was a weird place to be at. i know i'm at acceptance now but that's it also, then again, it switches that's, man that's the one that i go i don't know if i've fully like i've accepted that it has happened yeah and i've accepted that like i've done everything i can possibly do to get justice for myself to try to help this person because even after i found out he was the one and as i was pressing charges mm -hmm. i went to like this gifting suite thing and it was this mat beautiful like sweet women out of nowhere it was like something out of like out of a movie mm -hmm. where they were giving away a retreat in the same town that he was living in for people with PTSD and oh, blah, blah, blah. Boy. And I said, can I have two of those because I have somebody who needs it. Wow. And like, I was still thinking of like trying to help him. But it's that, I mean, like there's a, there's a point where it becomes like uh, uh, diminishing returns and then you're just like inviting like toxicity into your life. Yeah. But I also think like that uh, uh, instinct of empathy, like, God, how much better would this whole place be if everybody had that? I know. If everybody was like, just, I would like to make this better and help you. Mm -hmm. Even though you fucked with me, right. I, may need to, I may need to shut the door on you entirely. But right. like, if just the instinct is like, how can we help whatever this is? Right. Well, in a way, I was hoping, because at the end of the day, it was not about the money for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I have the kind of feeling where hopefully I will be working and I... I'm the kind of person that even if it's not in acting, like I will work at McDonald's if it gets to the point where I have to work at McDonald's. No, I mean, right? I've seen very clearly you're a hustler, man. Yeah, so it's yeah. like I don't necessarily care about the money aspect. That's not why I press charges. I press charges because I'm hoping that was enough of a, a, of a life shift for mm -hmm. him that maybe he would change or that the next girl's smart enough to do her background yeah. check. And even though that's not a common thing to do, no. now I'm running background checks on yeah. everyone I date. Um, but that it's, you know, for the next time, they're, they have a little bit more of information that's already there for them that I didn't have. Right. Because none of the women that came before me pressed charges or had the ability to when it right. came to him. So I had no warning other than what after it happened. So anyway, it's all, with all that said, my whole goal is I, I was dealt a pile of shit mm -hmm. and I decided like the only thing I can do with this is make it something kind of better make it a conversation let's yeah let's put it in uh, let's put it in the ground and grow some flowers out of it yes <laughs> yeah. exactly let's use this as manure and in a time when there's shows like you and dirty john mm -hmm. and all these other, like and the, even the whole me too movement where people are being more vulnerable vulnerable and talking about what happened to them yeah and feeling like knowing that it's okay and there's a community of people that like maybe that didn't exactly happen to them but maybe they have experienced whatever stage of right. grief you're in or or whatever, that there's, you're not alone. Like, yeah. I thought I was the only person that has ever had this happen to them. Yeah. But it turns out there are so many, not only women, but men, oh, who yeah, have been frauded out of, you know, money with someone they dated. That is one of the things that I have, uh, you know, I, I've taken some time off from this, but one of the things I really like doing it is because a bunch of people have reached out to be like, hey, this story about somebody losing a, a parent or the, or a dog mm -hmm. or just like illness, right. just like, fuck, I didn't realize that other people felt that way. Yeah. And I think there's, there's such beauty in that. Just recognizing like the we how similar everybody is. Yep. And like, I know, uh, fucking, uh, uh, 14, 15 years ago when I was like diagnosed with my illness, mm -hmm. it was like a thing I'd never heard of before. Yeah. And then as soon as I 
found out about it, it was like, uh, you know, oh, my cousin, my dad, um, yeah. I actually do. And it's like, how did I not, not know this? <laughs> Yeah. It's like one of those things where like, I don't know, what is the phenomenon of like you're, um, you learn a new word, then you just start hearing it and seeing it everywhere yes, kind of thing. exactly. But yeah, I think there is like something, uh, just recognizing that like the world's a little smaller mm -hmm. and that you are, sometimes it's like, it's this, it's a, it's a little bit disheartening that we're how not unique we are. Yep. But other times it makes you this comforting, you know, like, oh, I'm not alone. Yep. You know? Yeah. And it's nice to know like there's other people who've been through this and they've made it. Yes. Yeah, that actually, um, I feel like we're carrying this on so long, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't but, care, this is great. Great, no, um, I had been talking to Nate Hartley, actually. Yeah, sure. We were on the set, and I had just found out, I originally was gonna call my EP Stages, mm -hmm. just to represent sure, Stages of sure. Grief. And then unfortunately found out that there was a girl who was in the same genre and demo as me right. musically who just called her album stage. Yeah, let's delineate, yeah. So I'm like, okay, gonna mm -hmm. have to rethink that mm -hmm. title. And I went to Nate and I was like, dude, I'm coming down to the wire and I have to have a title. Like, is there anything you can, like, what do you, stages of mm -hmm. grief? And he goes, well, can you play me a song? And I played him the first song, which was uh, called If I Don't. It's like denial. Right. And he got emotional about it. And then he said, this reminds me of a story I heard which I think I've since found out was on West Wing or something, but mm -hmm. he said it's it's a not like a fictional thing. Yeah, where uh, there's a man in a well and there's a guy who walks by who's like a stranger mm -hmm. and he calls out to him for help and the stranger like tosses some money in the well and keeps going. Mm -hmm. And then like there's a religious figure that walks by, be it, you know, a rabbi, a priest. He calls out to him for help and he writes a prayer on a piece of paper and throws it in the well and keeps going. And then he sees his friend. He's like, oh my God, please help me out of this well. And his friend climbs in and meets him at the bottom. And he's like, what are you doing? Now we're both stuck at the bottom of this well. Mm -hmm. And his friend's like, no, I've been here before and I know the way out. Mm. So I'm calling it the way out. And there was something that it just struck a chord for me that I'm like, this is the whole point of why I wanted this EP to happen was because I wanted a conversation that like, I went through this thing completely, felt like completely by myself. No one had the answers of like, here's step A, B, and C of right. how to get out of whatever the hell you're in. And not to say that this is going to be that for anyone else. Like people are gonna listen to this and not connect to it at all. Or some people may listen to one of the songs and it will completely encapsulate like the feeling that they're having. Yeah. But this is my version of the way out. And I'm hoping that, well, I didn't really have anyone there that was like, here's how I did it. I'm hoping that something within this whole story or this project can be that friend for somebody yeah. there because that's all I can do with it. <laughs> yeah. That you, that's the only way to, you know, we, when we first walked in here, you talked about your old place you lived in. Like that's yeah. the way you polish that turd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where you're like, okay, fuck. Uh, this is a real shit Sunday. How can I uh, make this somehow palatable? Exactly. Let me turn this into something positive. Exactly. Yeah. So. You, you talked about uh, like, you the depression just like staying in bed mm -hmm. i know like when i have like anything kind of akin to that yeah i go the inverse like i can't sleep at all really yeah did you did you like when you were like churning this over in your mind and like question all that was it like just did you feel like strung out oh there were times that especially recently when thinking about like how am i going to tell the story what mm -hmm. how much is too much information i was like waking up with my jaw just so sore from clenching in my sleep, but I barely slept because yeah. I was just constantly spiraling on that. But when I was depressed, it was less about being worried and more of just like, I felt like I'm, I love dreaming. I love mm -hmm. daydreaming. Sure. So I will, f I'm capable, like I can force myself to go back into sleep to continue a dream. Oh, like a lucid up. dream. Good for you. Yeah. Which is my favorite thing mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So that's all I did. Yeah. My, and so at least if I can, the reference point of this girl, woman ginger who had this dated this con man for a long time yeah. like what he did is he ran away went to went to scotland and like opened like a theater festival yep. where he was like <laughs> i worked in hollywood <laughs> and now he's doing the same thing in like tulsa oklahoma or something where like yep. he's like a hot shit in a tiny town yep. and just like talks about like i want to get away from that as opposed yeah. to like i got ran out of town for being right. a fucking liar and i think that's but he's not stopped right. he's still like spinning the yarn it's just like on a smaller scale yep. more manageable Which, I've noticed that there is a pattern with mm -hmm. that kind of person, where, even with the guy from Fire Festival, where when shit hits the fan, run away, start from scratch. Yeah. That's all you can do. So, I mean, my ex picked up and left three or four different times around the country. And it was easier to pick up and leave when he had both hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, it mm -hmm. was. <laughs> and, um, I mean, he really would start with a new job, completely new friend group. 
uh, like everything. Isn't that fascinating? Because like so many people would kill to have like that level of charm and charisma. Yes. Because like he could be, you, when you have that level of charm and charisma, you can pretty much do, you can go into sales, you can do it. And like, even if you don't have like any marketable skills, like you can't fucking fix a toilet or, <laughs> or you know, mend uh, uh, shoes. Right. If you're like charming, you can do a lot of different jobs. Sales. So many people are envious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's but, basically what we do. We right. sell shit, more or less. <laughs> yes. Um, that's fucking nuts. It's but, so crazy. Yeah, and it was what, it's crazy-er to think that he left everything he physically owned at my house. And I didn't realize it until after he, because he had to keep the idea going. Right. So I'm talking clothes, toiletries, Oof. like books, I, mm -hmm. everything. And I've held on to some of it because... Whenever I make my movie, I yeah, yeah, man. want the real props yeah. in there. <laughs> Jesus. No, um, honestly, it's it's just weird that some, I, because I personally could never, even just thinking about picking up and starting all over again, like, I. I'm too much of like a sentimental and yes. a pack rack. Yeah. But that's the thing is he must lack that. Well, that if, emotional connection. Yeah, because clearly like he's untethered to you. So he doesn't have the same level of like. I don't care about your feelings as much. It right. feels like very, uh, what's very narcissistic. Like I am only, I only care about your feelings as how they relate to me. Right. Uh, beyond that, it does not matter. Yeah. Do you have, uh, cause clearly you've spent a lot of time processing this. <laughs> like what is your advice for anybody else who's going through or has been through something, even if it's on a, a similar scale or much smaller, just like a, just an invasion of privacy and trust mm -hmm. from somebody that you're putting so much of it into. I mean, if it's after the fact, I feel like as hard as it is, you have to really force yourself to not close off open trust to new people. Right. Um, I thankfully have the ability where I trust until it's broken, mm -hmm. even after something like that. And I have my skeptical moments. That's just naturally going to happen. Sure, of course. But really doing your best to force yourself to go out. And for me... I actually immediately went back into dating again. Right. Like most people probably would like steer clear for a few years and get back at it. But I like wanted, I personally like learning where I went wrong because mm -hmm. that's the only responsibility I have in the, in it now. So I would go on different dates and really hone in and learn like, okay, this is a red flag that I, right. I won't let. Right. Or this is something about this person I do like and trying to like, assess all that and see how authentic it is. And especially in our line of work, like yeah. there's a lot of people who can pretend something because they think they're getting something. There's a lot of opportunistic, sycophantic people who are maybe not intrinsically bad, but they're still not, they don't have your best interest at, at yeah. heart. Yeah. So when it comes to this industry, it's even harder for me, I feel like, because I'm, I didn't come into this thinking it was going to be like, I, I just always expected people to just be normal. Yeah. No matter whether or not I'm on TV. Yeah. So it's, I, I would say that the best advice after the fact would be just really forcing yourself to assess everybody in your friend group, find the people that you really do trust and keep them close with you mm -hmm. to help assess and analyze new people. Yeah. Because it's going to take a little bit to like hone in on what I, trusting your gut. That's really the whole point is I had moments where I trusted my gut and that was me asking all the right questions, but I would excuse it because I was ignorant to the subject. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, for someone who's in something right now that doesn't really know, my biggest thing is if you have a lot of questions, that's already the problem. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can really like someone. And I've always been this person of like, but what if I've missed the opportunity and this was the one? Sure. It's like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. There's not just one one. There's a lot of ones. There's a lot of There's ones. There's many. There's many ones. Yeah. And uh, don't waste it on this fuckhead. Like, yeah. There's probably, there's, it, it, there's too many questions and too many bad things. It's not, not worth it in the end. Yeah. It, which is hard to like let go. And you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're going to be in the middle of it. Sure. Cause there's like a lot of um, moralizing and addiction into mm -hmm. that. And yeah. it's hard to get beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess my best advice is just to really keep, for me, it was my parents. Cause I know they won't always have my back yeah. and like it doesn't matter what it is and I have a couple of friends that I really feel that way about too so I just lean on them and I look them in the eye and I say you better tell me mm -hmm. <laughs> if you get a weird feeling I don't care how help happy me out I'm man yeah. yeah 
yeah, so that's that's all I can say for now until I hopefully get this college thing going. And I'm excited to actually learn from these other psychologists and yeah. this group of people. Well, I also think that's like a such an important thing to like, you know, uh, destigmatize any sort of uh, vulnerability that comes to like mental illness or just even, I feel like a lot of times when people are taken advantage of, they feel embarrassed. Right. Or they feel embarrassed about like, I can't believe I put myself in this position. Yeah. And like, we're all fucking fallible. We're all human and everybody, everybody's had like in the same way that, you know, uh, the, the word thing, like you t say, yes. and, like you feel like, Oh, everybody else has been in this position in some capacity. Yep. Everybody's had a moment, moment of vulnerability where they're embarrassed and like, I did, I did a dumb thing. <laughs> and, but it's like, we've all done it. And yeah. Probably if we're lucky just a few times, but probably many times. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was a part of me that with this dirty John thing that came out, the woman who it was about, I can't remember her name right now. Cause it's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast is fascinating. People have been just really digging at this woman because granted she made some dumb decisions, right? Don't sure. get married to the guy in the first yeah. two months. Yeah. Of it, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that you look at and it's easy to go like, how stupid are you? And I know people are going to look at me and hear part of my story and go, she is so dumb. But the truth yeah. is I challenge anyone to stand in my shoes and have made a different decision or had a different thought. But also, I mean, you can form your own opinions, but I, I feel like, Everybody, every box was being checked with this dude. Yeah. And it's also like, I think that's not the way you want to live. You don't want right. to live in fear. Like I will sometimes, I like traveling and mm -hmm. sometimes I will go to a place and my dad or my stepmom will be like, oof, I wouldn't want to go there. And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get that. It's like maybe not, you know, the, the, the suburbs of Midwest, right. but fuck it. I want to see it. I want to see everything. Yep. And like, I don't want to just be con controlled by that fear. Yep. And I feel like you can make those assessments and you can, you know, cut people off or not open yourself up. But that's, that's like letting whatever negative experience win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm, I'm okay. That's the thing is I've thought about telling the story and what people would say about me. And at the end of the day, whatever they say, it's, I'm confidently know that I did everything I could to mm -hmm. be the best girlfriend in this relationship, the best friend I could be. Even after I found out this person was, screwing me over yeah. i remained the same person i am and that's all i can do right yeah i will say as like you know what i've known you for Few years. six years yeah. i mean didn't work on the first year but was i'm talking to you after the, the table read because mm -hmm. i remember i read the uh, uh adam voiceover yeah yeah but um i i will say like in that time and especially like i think in the last year and a half like this experience from my perspective is like holy shit look at this person kind of bloom yeah. Like, I feel like it has, uh, uh, just from an outside perspective, it feels like yeah. you feel like much more, uh, like calm and like yes. centered oh, yeah. and like, there's more of a, a sense of like self-deprecation. And like, I feel like as much as it's probably garbage from an outsider's perspective, it feels like, wow, look at like, that was, there's another way, like polishing that turd. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I feel like it's added like em empathy and humility and all the mm. things that like make us wonderful people. Oh yeah. And sometimes no, you have to take the knocks to get to that shit. Absolutely. I had so much anxiety the first four years of us filming. Like, oh, sure. I was constantly. Also, you were so young. You that... started it, what, 18? 19. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. It was also because I was living in an environment that stressed me out sure. every day. My roommates, oof. Uh -huh. It was a lot. Yeah. And all of that contributed to me just having so much anxiety. And then especially more when I found out that I, but it, it was eye opening, right? It made me take a look at myself for once. Cause I did not really want to look at myself. Right. I just wanted to be like, I'm fun and moved to LA and right. Yeah. And so now I took a step back and I live on my own and I look at the people I have in my life and I'm like, you're garbage, you're garbage, you're garbage. This person's cool. They can come over. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it took that to get there. And I'm so glad it did because now I look at some of the girls out here that are my age, that are doing the same thing. And I'm like, ew, but yeah. I really am so glad I'm not doing that. Yeah, man. I think, uh, um, I think uh, I, in many ways, I, I am very grateful for like the nine, eight, nine years I spent sick because I think had I not, I think I'd probably been like m way more of a turd. Yeah, like I a think different I'd, person. Yeah, I think I'd be like probably like more hubristic and like less empathetic mm -hmm. and less, definitely less like emotional. Right. And like, I think those are things that like I'm very proud of. Yeah. And like, I probably wouldn't have gotten to that place yep. had I not like had life be like, hey, 
you're fucking, you're fucking nothing. <laughs> Humble yourself. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I'm going to, here's, open up, I'm going to shit on you for a while. <laughs> and they'll be fine eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm actually grateful for the experience, as crazy as that is to say, but it's because it really, truly opened my eyes to to the people I'm bringing around me. And in this industry, that's so important. Yeah. Look at all the people who have people around them. I call them yes people versus no people. Sure. I look at people I know who have only yes people and I can't stand those people, right? Well, they don't care. They don't care. All they want to, they just want to hear their own voice. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and unfortunately, I honestly can't even blame them. It's because they don't have anyone around them going like, hello, or they yeah. haven't had an experience yeah. that has shaken up their entire world. And I have a couple friends right now in LA and Nashville that I look at and I go, it is going to take that one big blow up. Mm hmm. And they're going to have a really hard time, but man, are they going to be really good for it after? Yeah. There is a thing, um, uh, years ago I worked on this show that nobody watched, but, uh, it was very fun called the Michael J. Fox show. Yes. And, um, there was a quote that he did, like, this was like in the period when I was like at my sickest and he was on like Fallon or something when it was, when he did the late show. Yeah. And he had a book came, came out that was called like a funny thing happened on the way to the future. And it was just like advice to graduates and just yep. like little bonbons and like little adages and stuff. And so he's asked, like, what what advice would you give to, like, any kid that's graduating right now? Uh, and he's like, what I would say is, like, right now, you're at the top of your game. Mm -hmm. You're, like, you're young, you're beautiful, you're on top of the world, you, you're, everything is ahead of you, and you feel invincible. Mm -hmm. But there will come a day where the floor is going to drop out, and you're going to feel so untethered and afraid and terrified and everything you knew to be true is going to be upside down. Yeah. But that's when it gets good. Yeah. And like, that's that so was true. like such a thing, like when I was like, even just thinking about that story, like getting emotional, mm -hmm. but that's like in that moment when I was in the mm -hmm. shit, that was like just such like a beacon of hope to be like, yeah. right, this is worth something. Yeah. Something, hopefully this will not be for nothing. Cause yeah. that's like the worst thing is when you feel like, is any of this for anything? Yeah. Are we doing this for anything? Yeah. What's what it is the point of yes. this trauma and this struggle for or anyone on any level of whatever kind of struggle people go through? I feel like you can just go like, why, why, what is mm -hmm. the point? And so to come out, that's the, that's the whole thing too, is the amount of suicides that are happening is because these people aren't looking past what they're going through right now to see like there is another side of it and it may feel and your personal experience may take longer than somebody else's yeah that's the thing like i've i went to a, a friend's funeral on friday for uh, suicide but oh. he uh that, that's the funny like when it's when it is mental illness and that is like it is an illness and yeah. there's that's a that's a psychological and chemical thing that is a another thing but like the mm -hmm. things that don't make sense is when it's circumstantial mm -hmm. it's like it's just so there's no you can't assign logic to it because it's right. such an illogical thing well and it, it even the amount of kids that i hear about like young kids that are committing suicide it's yeah. because they hear about it all the time online there's even shows about it where they like it's that, glorified to some degree 13 yes. reasons or oh whatever my yeah god which that show pisses me off for the most part but it's i understand the point but it's these kids are so vulnerable and they're not being taught that there is there is another side of it like 14 goes away you know what yeah. i mean like you well, it's, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like when you're, you're most vulnerable and also you are your body is changing so like yes. chemically your hormones are fucking all, all over the place like so you're so susceptible to anything mm -hmm. and it's terrifying yeah like you can't see beyond your no own nose like that's the same reason like your first love is like so fucking yeah. intense because you've never felt that feeling before yeah it's like when you go to preschool and you have to leave your parents, it's like, oh, my world is ending. You don't know those feelings. And once yeah. you become accustomed to those feelings, then you, you know, you get beat up and you become right. like a jaded old shit, but, <laughs> but hopefully not totally. Right. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm hoping that people can see for, in whatever degree, like there is another side of it and you will, you will be better yeah. for it. And it's very hard to understand and grasp that when you're in the middle of any of the stages, you know yeah. what I mean? But there, there is, and it's like as long as we keep reiterating, <laughs> the kids will hopefully eventually stick. Yeah, that's. Uh, I know, like the adage is that life is short, and a hundred percent, like it's all fleeting and can turn away in a second. Yep. But really, life is fucking long, it is. and you're gonna have, you're gonna like have so many. Like at some point, you're gonna look back at this and be like, oh right, fuck, that was. I can't believe I went through that. I can't I, believe any of that happened. I think about that a lot, where I'm like. I'm about to be 25 and mm -hmm. I dealt with all this shit and I'm hoping it's done now so I can just enjoy it. But the truth is, it's like, 
I'm gonna look back and this is gonna feel like a fleeting moment. It's a blip. Like when I look back on even, uh, granted this is a little more significant than just like a regular breakup, but like on a breakup that I took two years to get over, yeah. right? Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, I don't even really remember much about that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's it works, how man. it goes. And it just takes a little bit, but it, it happens. Yeah, you come out on the other end. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. This was really lovely. I'm so glad we got This was fantastic. This. Thank you, lady. I mean, come on, right? What a story. And the elegance and grace and uh, empathy and emotional maturity that she shows as such a young person. Ooh, I am impressed by her. Uh, I would be a crying, sobbing mess on the floor. So thank you so much, Haley Arantia, for coming on the show, for being so open, and just being chill. Uh, support this lady. She's wonderful. Uh, it's at Haley Arantia uh, on Twitter. It's at Haley, O-R-R-A-N-T-I-A on Twitter. Uh, get into what she's into. Support her in all facets. She's got a new EP coming out, and it's going to be very good because she's very good. Thank you, Haley. A couple other thank yous. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pot for our music. Thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing all the things I can't do, which, believe me, is a fuck time. And thank you, the biggest thank you to you. We're all busy, so take, thank you for taking any time out of your day just to sit and chill with me. All right, guys, I love you. Have a great week. You'll be 